Tonight I'm preaching from uh, a passage. Um, I'm uh, preaching from Romans 10. Um, and I love Romans 10. Romans 10 is is a powerful section of, of Scripture. Um, from Romans 10, when I do a call to salvation at the end of the message, um, you hear me quoting Romans 10 every week, almost every week. But it's better than just uh, a couple verses. We're going to be reading, and we're going to start uh, in verse 14. I'm reading from the New American Standard. Actually, I'm sorry, uh, we're starting uh, with verse 9. It'll go 9 through 17. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus says, Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, a person believes, resulting in righteousness. And with the mouth, he confesses, resulting in salvation. For the scripture says, Whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. Uh, real quick, the more accurate translation of this is dishonored or put to shame. That's what that word means. Anyone, whoever believes in him will not be dishonored, will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, abounding in riches for all who call on him. For whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. But wait. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? Uh, How will they believe in him whom they have not heard? That word heard means understood, learned, comprehended comprehended what they've been taught and how will they hear, how will they learn, comprehend without a preacher how will they preach unless they are what unless they are sent just as it is written how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things however they did not all Heed the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ. You guys, this passage is so, so rich in truth and revelation. Uh, Honestly, I told Andy beforehand, this is a message I would take about three weeks to preach. But we're in the middle of a of this series and so you're going to get like a three hour sermon in like two hours and 45 minutes so we're good before I jump in and expound let's take a look at this reference to beautiful feet it says in verse 15 how will they preach unless they are sent just as it is written how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things feet often refer to a messenger as this was how they they traveled and this is how they completed their mission of delivery of the news and reports. How beautiful are the messengers using their swift feet to deliver good news. The the passage, we're going to go to a passage in in Isaiah here. Um, 
before I do, I, I want to read that, that verse 16 from Romans 10. However, they did not all heed the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? When we go to Isaiah 52, there's a passage here that, that is all about Jesus. This, what we're going to study here in, in Isaiah is all about Jesus, but it applies to us. We know that Jesus, he was blessed. And how beautiful were his feet, the messenger who brought the good news, who exemplified the good news, who was the good news. So this passage is all about Jesus, but it absolutely applies to us. It absolutely applies to where we're at. You know, we're here in this season. We're in March now. And this year, Easter takes place at the end of March. And the good news that we proclaim, the good news that we live, that our life shouts, is Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. Because he's alive, we're alive. That's the life we have. When we give him our life, that's the life we take on. Victory. Grace, redemption, reconciliation to the Father. That's, that's the message. Let's read from Isaiah 52. Therefore, my people shall know my name. This is verse 6. Therefore, in that day, I am the one who is speaking. Here I am. You guys, that, the Lord's still calling out. Here I am. Here I am. He ain't hiding from us. He wants to be known. He wants to make his, himself known. How lovely on the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news. You guys want to say out good news? Who announces peace and brings good news of happiness. Who announces salvation and says to Zion, Your God reigns. Listen! I love when they have just a single word with an exclamation mark. Listen! The watchmen lift up their voices. They shout joyfully together. For they will see with their own eyes when the Lord restores Zion. Break forth. Shout joyfully together. You waste places of Jerusalem. For the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has bared his holy arm in the sight of all the nations that all the ends of the earth may see the salvation of our God. Uh, real quick, just I think it's cool. Um, the right to bear arms, part of that comes from this passage when it shows that the Lord has bared his holy arm in the sight of all the nations. What that's saying is the Lord has flexed his muscle. The Lord has shown his strength and his power. I, I just, I dig that. I, little things like that, I just can't keep to myself. That's good. In verse 7, God says that the feet of those messengers who bring good news are beautiful. Our feet are beautiful. In order for us to accept the call of being sent, we must first understand this truth. It is an honor to share the good news of Jesus Christ. It is an honor to be His messenger. It is an honor to strap His message across our chest and across our back and to be fleet of foot and to endure treachery 
and to be in the need of endurance because sometimes the journey's long in order to deliver the good news that the king is victorious, that the battle is won. In order for us to accept the call of being sent, we must first understand it's an honor to bear his good news. Amen? What's his news? It's of redemption, salvation, peace, victory. We call it good news. When bad news abounds, this is good news. And when good news abounds, this is the best news. The news that our God reigns. Our God reigns. We serve the King of Kings. The Master of the Universe. I ain't talking about He-Man. We serve the Man. We serve God. And He reigns. And we get to bear His name. Christians. Little little Christs. Those who are Christ-like. Uh, I got to read this one. It's not really on on context, but it's an awesome passage. In verse 12, the second part of Isaiah 52, verse 12, it says, For the Lord will go before you, and the God of Israel will be your rear guard. We sing about that tonight. We sing about this song tonight. God's got your front. He's your vanguard. He charges into battle, screaming like a madman with all fury and strength, bearing his, his force. That's who leads the charge. So we're following him. And yet this same God who leads the charge has got your back. Your weak spots, your vulnerabilities, your back. He's protected it. The king of kings has got your front. And the king of kings has got your back. I just, that, there's a whole, I mean, I, that's awesome. I could, let's, let's close in prayer. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's awesome. But let's get back to Romans Romans chapter 10, verse 14. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? How would they call on him in whom they have not believed? So what comes to your mind right now? I I think what comes to my mind is, you know, them, you know, call on him. Jesus! Jesus! Just calling on him, right? Right? And Paul's saying, how will they call on him if they don't believe? And how will they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And once again, that word heard is a kua. It means understood, learned, comprehended what they've been taught. That's what this word for heard means. And this will be important in a minute. How can they believe in him whom they have not heard, understood, learned, comprehended based on what they've been taught? And how will they hear, same word, understand, learn, comprehend, based on being taught, how will they hear without a preacher? I want to make something abundantly clear tonight. When you're reading this passage and every reference it makes to a preacher, it is not me that I want you to think of. This, this message isn't about me as your pastor, as, as the preacher. I want you to think of yourself. We're talking about being sent. And we're talking about you. This, I want you to personalize everything here. 
Paul uses some amazing and powerful words in this chunk of scripture. That word call on. Man, my example of just calling out the name of Jesus. The word Paul chooses to use here is so much more powerful than that. That word is uh, epikaleo. And here's what it means. This is what the word call on means. To put a name upon. To surname. To permit one's self to be surnamed. To be named after someone is the secondary definition of this. The word call on. To be named after someone. And then the third definition. To call upon for one's self in one's behalf by pronouncing their name. As helper, as witness, as judge, to appeal unto. When we read this passage, it says, How then will they call on him whom they have not believed? What this is saying is, How will they take on upon themselves the name and the identity of Jesus Christ if they don't believe? How will they take on all the goodness that comes within identifying with Jesus Christ if they don't believe? How will they know the blessing of being sozo, saved, healed, delivered, if they don't believe? How will they bear his name? How powerful is that? How powerful is that? It's not just calling on. It's how will they take on his identity and bear his name, allow themselves to be surnamed? Verse 15. How will they preach unless they are sent? Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. However, they did not all heed the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So faith comes from hearing. Let's leave this up here. So faith comes from hearing. Okay. So I... I, talked about the definition of that the previous word for heard and to hear, right? And that one talked about comprehending. Comprehending, understanding from that which is taught. This word, faith comes from hearing. This word hearing is actually a feminine noun. So it could be saying faith comes from the hearing. And what this is talking about is hearing. Is, is the actual hearing. So it's, it's defined, the word is uh, akoa, and it's the sense of hearing, the thing heard. The thing heard. I, in studying this this week, I, I just could not shake the difference in the two different meanings. I'm like, Lord, let me get revelation on this. What is this? You, Paul chose two different words. You spoke to your servant in using two different words for hearing. He could have used the same word. He didn't. Lord, let me let me get it. The thing heard, instruction, namely oral, of preaching the gospel. Faith comes by the hearing. The thing that's heard. This word doesn't speak of comprehending. This word strictly means they must hear it. 
This word strictly means for them to gain faith, they must hear it. See, you and I aren't responsible for their comprehension. But we are responsible for them hearing it. They must hear it. They must hear the good news. They must hear Jesus is real. Jesus loves them. Jesus is alive. They must hear it. The burden of their belief does not fall on us. We can't make them believe. We can't manipulate someone to believe. We can't browbeat them to believe. We can't scare them to believe. But we have to say it. They have to hear it and we have to say it. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. That word, the word is rhema. It means the spoken word of Jesus Christ. We have rhema, which is the spoken word. We have logos, which is the written word. And this is saying faith comes by hearing and hearing the rhema, the spoken word of Christ. Friends, the, the message that's coming across is they've got to hear it. And Paul uses an incredible list of questions to get to the point, well, how will they, how will they confess if they haven't believed? How will they believe if they haven't called? Uh, how, can they, how can they believe if they haven't been taught? How can they be taught if no one's there to preach it? How can, how can it be preached if no one's sent? Faith comes. And then even before that, he uses a question in reference to, to the book of Isaiah, saying, Lord, who, who has believed your word? Who has believed your word? That's not, that's not your part. That's not your part in this. You notice that question's not answered, right? You notice it's posed. Let's go back. Uh, oh, actually, I think I, it's even a different verse. Is it? No. Verse 16, Lord, who has believed our report? In quotations marked. Not addressed. It's not, that's not your concern. You're not responsible for who has believed the report. You're responsible for speaking it. Right? Our burden is not to convince them. That's the Holy Spirit's job and He's awesome at it. The Holy Spirit guides us into all truth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's the Holy Spirit's job. Our job is not to convince. It ain't about rejection. Well, I told them and they didn't give their life to Jesus. That's okay. That just means you're not the last link in the chain. Just keep on praying for him. You know what I mean by the last link in the chain? If, if a child is born, my children, the first time they heard about Jesus was from either Kara or I. We were the first link in the chain. When they come out and before they could, talk, but all they could do was poop and, and eat. They heard about Jesus. They heard about Jesus. They heard about the love of God. We were the first link. Every now and then, we get the thrill of being the last link in the chain. And it's like, hey, are you ready to place your trust in Jesus Christ? Are you ready to believe Him? To confess Him as Lord and Savior? Yeah. Yeah, I am. Every now and then, we get that thrill to be the last link. But friends, most of the time, we're somewhere in the middle. We're just a part. We're just a link. We're just a watering. We're just being used by the Lord. We're just letting them hear. We're just speaking.
Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word, the spoken word of Jesus Christ. Requirements for finding new identity in Jesus. Requirements for finding new identity in Jesus. We must, number one, confess. Two, believe. Three, call on. And the result is salvation. So, number one, confess. To say the same thing as. To agree with. To to assent. We must confess the name of Jesus Christ. Do we do that, church? Do our lives confess our assent to his word? Do our lives bear witness that we're saying the same thing and that we're in agreement with him? Do the way we live our lives confess our belief in Jesus Christ? Number two, belief. To think to be true. To place confidence in. And there ain't no message on giving last week without belief. I could see it being very foolish. I can see why the world ridicules people, I mean, in this matter. I mean, you know, you hear a stand-up comic, and if they're going to start bashing Christians, you know, they're going to start, there's one of a several things they're going to do, but one of them is, you know, money and giving and ties and televangelists, and they, you know. And there's been abuse. There's been abuse in that, so, you know, we, we've teed it up for them. You know, we teed it up for them back in the 80s, big time. Um some of you weren't even born in the 80s. I, so that's okay. But it's all about belief. To place confidence. And my confidence is in Him. To think to be true. I think His word to be true. As a matter of fact, I'm convinced of it. we got to be convinced of it. Believe. To call on. Golly gee, what an awesome word. To bear His name. To permit ourselves to be surnamed. Lord, I want your name. Lord, take my name. I have no good name. I, 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 there's no good thing within me outside of you, Lord God. I want to bear your name. I want to represent you. I want your life, your grace, your power. And then to be saved. Man, my buddy TK, he's got this tattooed on his arm, Sozo, S-O-Z-O. That word means to be saved, to be healed to be delivered. That is who Jesus Christ is to us. He is our Savior. And that's what we need to let the world know. He is our healer. And that's what we need to let the world know. He is our deliverer. That is what we need to let the world know. So that was the requirements for finding a new identity in Jesus. Formula for helping people hear God's truth based on this passage in Romans 10, the formula for helping people hear God's truth. So it says, how can they, number one, abound in God's riches if they don't call on Him? For whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. How can they abound in God's riches if they don't allow Him to bring change to their life. See, that's the difference between religion and relationship. Do we allow God to bring change to our life? When we bear His name, do we allow Him to bring change? See, I ain't here to change you. But don't, don't profess the name of Jesus Christ if you're not going to allow Him to change you. 
Because it's His name that we're bearing. How can we abound in God's riches? Let your imagination run wild what God's riches are. And, and don't think Mercedes and, you know, and house in the mountains. That's not what I'm talking about. Abound in His riches when we bear His name. How can we do that if they don't call on Him? For whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. How can they call, allow themselves to be surnamed, if they don't believe? That's number two. Call if they don't believe. Number three. How can they believe if they haven't heard? And once again, that word for heard is understood, learned, comprehended, been taught. How can they believe if they haven't been taught? How can they believe if they haven't been taught? We need teachers. How can they hear, understand, learn without a preacher? And the definition of that word preacher is to proclaim with an authority that must be listened to. That's, that's what that word preacher means. To proclaim with an authority that requires listening. Nobody should be looking in the mirror, looking, saying, oh, that's clearly me. Because none of us have an authority that requires that we be listened to in and of ourselves. Now, I don't care if you're six foot eight. Now, I just, I'm watching the NFL Combine and these guys... They call it the Underwear Olympics, you know, because all these pro football players, you know, potential guys from college, they're out there in their underwear. <laughs> you know, they're out there like spandex and running, doing all these tests and everything. And man, there's some huge men, six foot eight, and just muscles and just. If that cat, if one of those dudes spoke, I'd, I'd bear it, I'd listen. You know, I mean, but that's not what we're talking about. It's nothing that we carry about us. It's not our charisma. It's not our size. It's not our experience. It's not our knowledge. It's not about us. The authority that's required to be a preacher is one that insists that the message be heard because it's an authority outside of us. It's the authority of our of our Father manifested in the life of our Savior Jesus Christ. How can they preach, proclaim with authority without being sent? And how can they be sent there's there's not a there's not a question after that it ends that there's not one that there's not a next step. The next passage, the next verse it talks about is good news. How can they preach without being sent? My friends, you are sent. You know, there's times I'm ministering to someone and if they really need to know they're forgiven, I'll just look at them and say, hey, you're forgiven. 
You're forgiven. Be free. You are forgiven. Because sometimes people just need to hear they're forgiven. They need to hear, I'm forgiven. There's even times I will say, hey, but in the authority of Jesus Christ, I forgive you. You're forgiven for that. It's done. Because sometimes people just need to hear, oh, thank God, God forgives me. Yeah, he forgives you. Okay, maybe you need to hear it. In the authority of Jesus Christ, I send you. (laughs) But you didn't need me to do that. You just need to believe that you're sent. You are sent. If you bear his name, you are sent. If you bear his name, you bear his authority. I don't have a bigger Jesus in me than than any of the little ones, little guy right there. If he's trusting his life in Jesus, he's got the same size Jesus, brother. You've got the same G-size Jesus in you that's in me. He doesn't give us half portions. You've got full-size, super-size Jesus. You're sent. You're sent. Why? Because he wants people saved. Because he wants people united with him. And he needs us to do it. Not all will heed. That word means listen attentively. So to obey the ensuing command of. Not all will do that. Not all will listen attentively to what you have to say. Okay? They're not rejecting you. So don't make it about you. They're not rejecting you. So don't make it about you because it ain't about you. It ain't about me. That word heat. So to obey the ensuing command of. And there's, a, there's life in obedience. There's freedom in obedience. And not all will obey. But that's not on you. You don't bear that responsibility or that burden. You're not the Savior. You're a messenger with beautiful feet if you're bearing the good news of Jesus Christ. You're not the Savior. You're the messenger. I'm not the Savior. I'm the messenger. What, what can Brown do for you? I mean, it's, we're just Brown, man. We're just UPS. Delivering the package. The package is good news. What we're delivering is good news. Faith comes by the hearing. And the hearing comes by the spoken word of Jesus Christ. The who, what, how. The who is Jesus. The what is the good news. The how is believe, confess, call. We simplify it. I mean, and that's beautiful. man. Let's, it, let's, it's not rocket science. Believe. If you believe, are you ready to confess? No, I believe I'm not ready to confess. Okay. Because you can't, you got to do both, man. You got to confess him. And then you got to call. You got to call upon him. You've got to call upon the name of Jesus and then receive his identity, his name, a name change.
We're not responsible for making them believe. We need to grab a hold of that. We talk about sharing. Our insecurities rise up, right? Our fears rise up. Our insufficiencies rise up. And we, we naturally, our slant is to make it about ourselves. Well, what if I do this and I fail? If you do this, you don't fail. Because you're not responsible for the outcome. You're just responsible for the delivery. If you do this, you won't fail. We got to grab a hold of that. We're only responsible for delivering the news of his grace, redemption, salvation, peace, victory. I'm going to ask you guys some questions, and I, I, I do want you to raise your hands. So sometimes it gets a little dark in the back there, so I can't see hands. So if it applies to you, make it real big. Woo. Questions. And, and raise, raise your hands if this applies to you. For how many people, for how many of you, does inviting people to church come easy? Raise your hand if inviting people to church comes easy. Man, it's like, I could do it every day of the week and twice on Sunday. I could do it. Every, it's easy. Okay, raise your hands. Just, you know, let me see them up. Okay, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, I think eleven. Thank you for waving back there. Hi. So, so the minority, the minority of us. Okay. So, so what do you do if it's incredibly hard for you to invite people to church? I mean, are you just out of luck? No. No, you are not. You just press the preacher beeper. You know, you know, you can't, you can, you can. Because I, because I, I will, I'm there to help. <laughs> but I want, I want you to know that it's, it might be easier than you think. Sometimes we make it hard. So let me ask you this. What does come easy for you? Maybe inviting people to church doesn't come easy for you. What does come easy for you? What comes naturally and effortlessly to you? Is it working on cars? Is it Pilates? Is it eating ice cream? Does eating ice cream come effortlessly to you? I'm seeing hands now. I'm seeing, you know, it comes easy. I get, I get eat ice cream every day and like about five times on Sunday. Love ice cream. It comes effortless. So fill in the blank. What, you know, is it, you know what comes effortlessly to you? So here's my question. Can you just invite someone to that? Eating ice cream comes effortlessly to me. Can I invite someone to join me for ice cream? And the answer is across the board, yes, yes I can. What's that thing that comes easy for you? Can you invite someone to join you in doing that? And the answer is, yes. Can you invite someone to join you and then just share a quick word to point them to Jesus? You don't even have to have your Bible present. Can you invite someone to join you and then just share a quick word to point them to Jesus? You know, I use the example of the huddle. 
at, at the end of our service, most nights, I'll say, hey, you know, uh, men, uh, we have something that's called the huddle. It's just a quick encouragement for you. We're going to clear out this section over here. And we're just, we have just a quick word to encourage the men. And it's about a two-minute word. We tell Andy is over our, our men's ministry, and, and he instructs whoever shares that night. you got two minutes. Don't make this some long thing. Just a quick encouragement for the men. And we've done that for years. We've done that since we started. It doesn't have to be some long, drawn-out thing. It doesn't have to be a one-hour Bible study, folks. It doesn't have to be uh, whatever we've made it out to be. Once again, the Holy Spirit's good at what He does. We just got to give Him opportunity. We just got to speak so that the words that come forth can ring in their ears and in their heart. We don't make it some long thing. We make it a quick two-minute encouragement. Why? Because we want the men leaving here encouraged, knowing the men are special. That the men have been given a God-ordained place in the head of our our families and our marriages. And we just want to encourage the men. And we want the men to know that they're being prayed for. And it's easy to do that. So you invite someone to ice cream. And you give a quick two-minute encouragement. And you let them know that they're important. That they have an important place in the heart of God. God cares about them and you let them know you're praying for them. Holy cow. It's that simple, my friends. We have made it something much bigger than it is. I can invite anyone to church and I do. I do. I'm like, I mean, the whoosh, here's a card. Whoosh, whoosh. But find out what comes easy to you. Don't, don't be little Marks. Be little Jesuses. Little Christs. Now, that was an example of making it easy for you. But what about them? They might be lactose intolerant. You invite them to ice cream, they're like, dude, you know what that does to me. No. You're like, oh my gosh. I'm out of luck again because that came easy to me and they're lactose intolerant. Ah. So what do we do? What comes easy to them? What comes easy to them? What's effortless for them? What do they enjoy? What do they talk about? See, we've got to be in their lives. We've got to have relationships to know these things. Like, hey, I'm going to invite you to a ball game. It's like, dude, you don't know me at all. I hate sports. Why would you insult me like that? So, you know, it's a brawl. We've got to be in their lives. What comes easy for them? Go to where they are. So these are ways to help them here. Ways to help them here. Go to where they are and do what they enjoy doing. Within reason, of course. Within obedience to God, of course. I mean, you know, let's not be... We have Scripture and we have the Holy Spirit. You know, let's not... No need to give examples, you know. But go to where they are and do what they enjoy doing. So here are a few ministries that I would love to see started this year. Here's a few ministries that I would love to see started. Walking in the Word. 
and you got to be in the best shape because you're you got to be the one talking. Hey, real quick, another lap. Um, I want to tell you, praying for you all week. Jesus loves you. I mean, that's what they they do. That's speed walking. I'm not just being silly. Walking in the Word. That's easy to invite to, right? How about scripture and scrapbooking? Hey, I, you have the most amazing scrapbooks. Can we do scrapbooking? Can you show me some of your phenomenal scrapbooking techniques? Scri- scripture and scrapbooking. How about this? Three tacos and two testaments. Dude, let's go eat three tacos. I want to talk about the two testaments. Man, it'd be a great, that'd be a great ministry. How about Legos and Logos? Legos and Logos, or if you're old school, Erector Sets and Rama. You know, both are great. You know, both are good. You know, and they, Legos and building. What about this? What about this? Brace yourself. What about uh, Bible and beer? What about theology on tap? What about we say, hey, you want to grab a beer? Yeah. Okay, cool. And, and go go to the bar and buy them the beer. And what do you, what do you drink? Ah, Newcastle Brown Ale. Two Newcastle Brown Ales. Hey, while we're here, I want to, I want to talk to you. I, I want to let you know. I'm praying for you, man. If there's ever anything that you need prayer for, you can, you can ask me and I won't judge you. I won't look down upon you. I'm already praying for you. So just let, just if there's ever any hardship you're going and you need someone to stand with you, I'll stand with you and I will lift it to, to God and He'll stand with you, man. And He's much better at it than I am. But I just wanted you to know. Cheers. That's it. And then, then, you, <laughs> then you get to do it again. You know, two weeks later, hey, ready for another barley pop? Let's go. Hey, I want to share something for you. I'll spend some time in the Word saying this, this passage came up. And it says, boom, boom, boom. I just want you to know that that applies to you too. God loves you. Salud. I'm totally serious, guys. The only, the only people that that should ruffle would be those that might need to kind of just pray and, and ask the Lord take a religious slant from them. I mean, Jesus went to them and hung with them. He ate with tax collectors who were were usually a bunch of thieves. I'm I'm totally serious about this. I'm 100% serious. I want a, a beer and Bible ministry. I want, because you know what? There are people that will never walk in this door. But they will have a beer with you. And we better not be above having a beer with someone. If it ain't your thing, then cool. You've got ice cream, man. You've got two tacos and three tacos and two testaments. You've got scrapbooking. You've got a plethora of other things, right? You don't have, I don't drink beer. Then that's not for you. But can you buy that guy a beer and you can get a uh, Dr. Pepper? We got to go to them, guys. Now, 
I, I honestly get the best of both worlds because I love inviting people to church and I'll go sit down with them and have a beer too. It's wonderful. And I'll do the tacos. I'm not doing Pilates with you, but, you know, but that's why, you know, my wife might, you know. Could you invite someone to join you somewhere to show them God's truth and His love? Meeting them in a place that makes it easier for them to hear. And then will you be willing to speak? See, I I put you right here. I put you behind this thing. And I say, hey, come up and share. And that would freak some of you out. And that's okay. Not everybody's supposed to be behind this. Or behind this. Or behind this. Or behind these. But we are supposed to stand behind the name that we bear and to tell them that they are loved. If we have given our lives to Christ, we bear the name of Christ and his identity. And his identity was to go, was to go, was to go. He was sent. We bear his identity. My friends, you are sent in your schools, in your workplace, in your neighborhood, in wherever. We need to be willing to meet them on their ground in the hope that one day they will stand on the solid ground. Are we willing to go meet them on their ground? Once again, my friends, we are not responsible for making them believe. We're only responsible for helping them hear. By delivering the message of the best news of Jesus Christ. Not just the good news, the best news. No news better than the news of Jesus Christ. No news better than the news of His redemption. His grace. God, I blew it again. That's all right, man. He he doesn't love you based on what you can do for Him and He doesn't love you based on your ability to be good or not. He just loves you. That's His grace, man. He loves you. We can all bring that news. We can all share that news. Golly gee. Let's just find a just find a place where we can. I can share it here. And that's what I do. And that's what I'm encouraging with. You go to the place where you're comfortable doing it. And you go to the place where your friends are comfortable doing it. And you do it. You can do this, church. You can do this. You can do this. I know you can. You can do this. Jesus is within you. You are ready. You are equipped. You are sent. I'm going to leave us with this. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? How will they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher? How will they preach unless they are sent? Friends, let's put those beautiful feet into action. Let's put those beautiful feet into action and let's carry the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Let's pray.
Lord, let us leave here. Let us get it, Lord. Let us get it. Lord, let every person get it. Let every man, woman, child, teenager, young adult, let, let us all get it. Let us all leave here getting the fact that we are sent. And the, the authority that we speak with when we talk about the love is your authority. And it's authority that requires ear. They need to hear. Lord, give us wisdom. Give us ways. Lord, give us sensitivity and give us thoughtfulness. Lord, let us let us know where our friends and our loved ones and our relatives and our co-workers and our classmates. Lord, let us know where they need to hear your word and your love and your grace. Lord, let us each grasp the fact that we are indeed sent. Lord, use us, God. Lord, use us not to make this church bigger, but Lord, to make your kingdom bigger. In Jesus' name, amen.